to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Shona David and this is our weekly look at the women's game from the Champions League to the National League. Coming up this week, it was FA Cup quarter-final week and Govan strikes late for the Toffees to leave Chelsea feeling blue. It was Arsenal's Lisa Evans who was the star of the show as the Gunners get North London bragging rights over Spurs. Brighton pay the penalty as Birmingham progress and City survive a Foxes onslaught to progress to the semi-finals. And coming up, we'll also be looking at the championship as Durham and Liverpool win once again. Plus, we'll have a roundup of all the action from the National League. Joining me this week to look back on all of the action is, as always, former Aston Villa and FA Media Officer Emily Lyles. Good to have you back with us, Emily. Hi, Sean Ned. A pleasure as ever. And back with us is women's football journalist Mitchell Sandy. Mitchell, good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you too as well. And also with us this week is freelance journalist and women's football fan Liv Griffiths. Good to have you back with us, Liv. Nice to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we'll start off with the big game from the weekend, in my opinion, the North London derby, Arsenal against Spurs. A stalemate for over an hour, some really good chances for Spurs, but at the end of the day, Arsenal were just far, far too strong for Tottenham, I guess. One of the big talking points was the fact that Spurs' new superstar signing, Alex Morgan, she didn't make an appearance. She was on the bench, um, but didn't manage to get onto the pitch. Her manager, um, Karen Hill, said that we felt it was really important for her to be around the girls today, to be involved in the match day preparations and just get her mind in a match day environment. She's physically in great shape, so I don't think it will be long before we see Alex Morgan. Mitchell, you were you watched this, you were working um, on the game. It was looking like a bit of a struggle for Arsenal before that opening goal, but once they scored, they just couldn't stop. But yes, that is correct. In the first half, we've got to give Tottenham like a huge amount of credit as they were so organised at the back. They were calm, they were composed and they showed a lot of physicality. Spurs' game plan was simply to frustrate Arsenal and disrupt their play. The home side really struggled to find their fluidity, fluidity uh, in the first half. And I'm not saying particularly, Alana Kennedy did so well to break up play, not allowing um, Arsenal time on the ball. It's particularly in the first half. And she did have, like, for example, mixed performance in midfield. And she was strong and physical, especially in the first half. She also had, like, a free header on goal. Could have gifted um, the visitors an early lead in the game. But I must say, you must give credit for Spurs, um, as I've mentioned before. Because with this Arsenal team, as you know, they're one, one of the best sides in women's football. And they're one of the best in women's football for a reason. And that clearly showed it with the, um, with the result and the goals that they've scored. Um, I think why Spurs did so well because Arsenal have already scored what six past Reading, nine against West Ham. You know they they they, they can get goals um, across the team, and I would definitely say that what Spurs lacked in the game was definitely their um, quality in the final third, and that for me that was the key difference between this Arsenal side and this current Spurs side, and that clearly proved it with the the goals Arsenal scored in the second half and they just managed to find a way to win the game despite not playing well for the majority of the game. You made a really interesting point there maybe Emily and Liv will want to make a comment as well that it's those individual stars that Arsenal have that with the experience they're the ones that really made the difference. I mean Spurs' performance you know was encouraging I think they look a far stronger side 
you know, than they did last season. I think, you know, we're going to see um, some really exciting stuff from them in the WSL and in all the competitions. Um, but Emily, I'll probably come to you for this one. Arsenal's quality in front of goal, there was a clear difference, wasn't there? Yes, there certainly was, Sean Ed, and I think you're right there. The experience they've got in their team, they've obviously got a very, very experienced manager as well. And, and you saw, I think, a real patience from them, though it took them a while to make that breakthrough. When they did, they were clinical from there on in. And I think Jordan Nobbs' finish was absolutely outstanding and really set the tone for the rest of the game. We'll touch on Alex Morgan now. On Twitter, on social media, you know, there was a bit of, not drama, but people were a bit like, oh, come on, you know, she's this, you know, she's your Gareth Bale signing for the women's team. Why isn't she playing? Um, the commentators, you know, the camera kept on panning to her all the time, looking uh, quite cold <laughs> during the game. But Liv, I think it's fair to say, Alex Morgan, she hasn't played a game in about a year, maybe just over a year. She obviously been really unlucky with injuries one thing men's players don't have to deal with obviously she's had a child you know she's literally um she's got a little one at home so um you can understand probably why Spurs wanted to rest her given her injury history as well they probably don't want to put her out on the pitch risk her getting injured and then she's out for several months again well yeah it's exactly that Sean and as we touched on earlier it's it's a big welcome to England and there's a, a massive shift in the weather as well and the rain was pouring it only takes literally two three minutes you get onto that surface you slip and then she's out again so why would they risk it um personally I think it's one I, I would have ended up wanting to have sat out I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of a four nil defeat um you know, and it's like you just said, she hasn't played a competitive game for nearly, well, just over a year now. And I can't speak from my own personal experience, but I can imagine if I have a baby, you won't see me playing professional football two, three months after, you know, it's just one of these things. Um, and just touching on the whole game as a whole, um, it was kind of just, it was a 20 minute masterclass. That's all it took Arsenal to break down those barriers that Tottenham had held up. Um, I can't believe we saw a game where Miedemar didn't score which was really refreshing. And I've got to say, I think Jordan Nobbs deserves a lot of credit. Um, she's a little bit, you know, we hear of her, but we, we hear of the front three a lot more. And she's just worked so hard in that midfield. Um, I was lucky enough to meet her last year when she had that really poor injury. And um, she's just so level-headed. And I was really, really pleased that she got that goal as well. Little, how far do you think Arsenal can go in the FA Cup, can you see them lifting the trophy? I can potentially see them lifting the trophy. I, I could see them winning the um, lifting the trophy for sure because um, I think um, prior to the game, of course, that the international break may have caused um, broken their momentum slightly a little bit for Arsenal at the moment. But I think with Joe Montemiro and his and his side, what well, done so well that to be to be smart and to keep their river. And to be in situations where, when it comes as more of a transi transitional game, and one of the great qualities that they have, they found an orthodox way to win the game. Um, they've kept the ball, they've um, given themselves a lot of distance, and and I'll definitely say they are up for grabs if they can find ways of winning games despite not playing well. That shows promising signs. But I will definitely say if they were um, coming into the semi-final final when when their luck is not coming is not on their way. 
they must find a way, for example, like to, to be reactive in situations where they're not having the ball, when they lose ball or lose possession in the final further. That's definitely one of the key points that um, I've learned as well, that um, if they can, they can able to protect the ball and able to retain possession whilst they're losing the final third and be reactive, I think that will definitely be key. And they need to be like prepared for long in transitional moments as well, whilst retaining um, possession in tight areas. On Sunday, the big shock of the FA Cup as Everton came from behind to beat Chelsea to knock out the 2018 FA Cup champions. Freelance journalist Chris Pratt was watching this one and Chris joins us now. Good to have you with us, Chris. Yeah, good to be here. Hello, everyone. Chris, just how surprising was this result for Chelsea? It was very surprising. It was certainly very surprising because the first 20 minutes of the game, Chelsea could have been five or six goals up and it, it felt like it was going to be one of those games where it was all over before half-time. Um, but amazingly, they managed, Everton managed to dig in and uh, gradually as the first half went on, they came back into it. And that goal um, they got just before half-time through Lucy Graham was, was crucial in the end. Do you think the fact that the game was at Goodison Park, did that benefit Everton in any way or was it just a bad day at the office for Chelsea? Uh, I think it did. I think it did certainly add a little bit of extra kudos and, and certainly looking at the players at the end of the game, they were absolutely delighted. They were The staff were staying on the pitch for ages, you know, high fives and all that sort of stuff. Um, having said that, I saw them a couple of weeks ago against Spurs as well at, at Walton Hall Park, which is obviously a lot smaller stadium, more of a kind of a training stadium. And they were really, they really fought for each other that game as well. And they got through that game by a goal because they, they sort of fought the way through the game. And one thing they've definitely got at Everton is team spirit. And they, they needed all of that yesterday. But the other thing they've got as well is they've got an outlet in um, Hayley Razzo, the Australian um, player who obviously came over uh, recently. And she's always available. And, and when she gets it, she runs at, runs at players, she keeps hold of the ball and she creates problems. So with that in the team, plus the hard work that, that they have, um, they were definitely good value for it. Chelsea were definitely off the boil though. <laughs> I mean, we all love a bit of drama in the FA Cup. We all love, you know, a win for the underdogs. Um, what was Emma Hayes' reaction after the game? Because she can be quite brutal, can't she, when, when she's not happy with her team? She can. I didn't actually speak to Emma at the end of the game. I spoke to um, Marin Mielder, who was uh, really, really disappointed. But no, Emma Hayes would definitely not be happy. There was a lot of um, arms folded on the on the touchline. And some of the big stars honest didn't perform well for them yesterday uh, Sam Kerr being, being one of them um, and I think that they were incredibly disappointed but going to Willie Kirk the Everton manager he um, mentioned a full letter word when he mentioned how well his team played in the first 20 minutes so he also realised the uh, they didn't perhaps perform as well as he could have done but uh, no Chelsea will, will be disappointed but all credit to Everton they, um, the team spirit well it's brought them through a couple of games already this season Amazing. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks, everyone. Well, Everton will now play Birmingham City on Wednesday evening as they beat Brighton on penalties following an entertaining 2 all draw. Birmingham had led twice during the game but were pegged back on both occasions by the Seagulls, including a last-minute equaliser from Denise O'Sullivan to send the match into extra time. The visitors had opened the scoring through Sarah Mailing inside the first five minutes but were soon pegged back by a Danielle Bowman spot kick. 
The Blues then retook the lead midway through the second half with a Molly Green penalty only for O'Sullivan to head into a last gasp leveller. Georgia Broham scored to seal a 4-2 win on spot kicks for the Blues after keeper Hannah Hampton had saved from Megan Connolly. Another blow for Brighton was Katie Robinson. She'll miss the rest of the season, suffering um, a really bad injury in training. Emily, it's really not been a great start to the season for Birmingham, but I guess this will give them a massive boost, won't it? Yeah, it certainly will do, Sean Ed. And, you know, obviously we're impartial, but I, I was pleased to see them get that result yesterday. I know they played very well in their recent game against Manchester United, but ultimately I think, again, their, their clinical nature just shone through at the end. But yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant result. And it almost feels a little bit like we're going back a few years when, you know, the likes of Everton, the likes of Birmingham would be dominating this competition. They're real pioneers, really, of the women's game, sort of pre-WSL, pre pre-as we know it now. And, and I think it's, it's a really refreshing lineup now in the semi-finals. In terms of Brighton, I guess sometimes in football, it's just, it's just not meant to be. It's just not your day, is it? No, exactly. And I think any team that loses on penalties in any competition at any level, there's a degree of, you know, luck isn't there involved in it, really. Um, but again, what, what's another refreshing point of the game? It was a competitive game. It was one that anyone that witnessed that or followed that would have enjoyed the game. You know, we haven't seen, I guess, bar the Arsenal game, we haven't seen big score lines again, which, which is really refreshing. And, and I think with, with Brighton, you know, they've looked solid in their other games this season. They obviously did okay again yesterday. So, you know, I don't think they've got, while it's disappointing, I don't think they've got too much to be concerned about. They take on Everton and Liv, they'll probably go into that game as underdogs. Would you agree? Birmingham will definitely be seen as the underdogs. Um, I actually kind of disagree with um, what Chris was saying earlier. I, I actually backed Everton to do well against Chelsea. Um, I think they've had a great start to the season and Willie Kirk is definitely doing the right things there. And they've shown time and time again how they can stick into a game that they, they seem like they're going to lose. Um, they've also got Izzy Christensen, who's also like revived her career, um, I, in my opinion, and is looking, looking to become one of the contenders in the England squad. Um, so they'll definitely be favourites. But I think I'm, I'm kind of with Emily. Like I tried to be impartial, but I, I was very pleased that Birmingham got the result. Uh, they were on the receiving end of a 2-0 loss to Brighton a few weeks ago. So I guess you could say revenge was sweet. And in terms of revenge, well, I mean, the winner, the real winner was Jamie Lee Napier, who's now on loan with Birmingham and is heading to an FA Cup semi-final. And uh, yeah, I'm sure Emma Hayes is pleased for her, but... Um, you know, sometimes that's that's the beauty of the cup. It's not always about the best team winning. It's about who performs those 90 minutes on the day, or in this terms, the 120 minutes that they had to play. I don't know what's in the water, Everton, at the moment, but the men's team and the women's team, they've both had a fantastic start to the season. <laughs> um, the final quarterfinal saw championship side Leicester take on the current holders, Manchester City. A good effort by Leicester. We, we've mentioned them previously on the pod. You know, they're having um, a lot of financial backing um, at the moment. So it's a really exciting time for Leicester City. But in the end, you know, Manchester City's quality was just far too much for them. 
sets up a mouth-watering semi-final between Arsenal and Man City. Mitchell, which way do you see that game going? I mean, I know everyone will be tuning in because that's the game nobody wants in it. I agree. I can definitely see Arsenal edging that game, but I will not rule off uh, Manchester City either because, of course, they have the experience of winning this trophy in recent years as well. So I don't want to rule that out as well. So um, it's going to be head-to-head, but let's see how that may go. But I can maybe see the game go to extra time on penalties. Who knows? Um, but um, it's all there for the taking. It's all there for the taking. Emily and Lev, quickly, who do you see making it through? I think I'd have to agree with Mittal. I think it would be tight, but I think, I think Arsenal will just edge that one. Do you think there's um, almost something called having too much quality in your squad? Because I look at Man City, for instance, and the players that they've got, their their formation and their changeovers and their turnovers, like who who starts in that eleven? Because for me, I almost feel like they might lose to Arsenal because Arsenal are more of a they're more of a mm. unit at the moment. Man City have got new players, uh, new formations, new new tactics, a new coach as well. So for me. Even though we do think, you know, the two giants will go head to head in the, into uh, maybe a 90, 120 minutes, I actually think it's going to be clear for Arsenal three nil. Mm. We're all back in Arsenal then, so hopefully we're not all wrong. And when we're discussing the semi-finals, I'm not coming on if I'm wrong next time. <laughs> Well, we're going to take a quick break now, but coming up, we'll take a look at all the action from the championship. I've looked after my kids since they were born. Now they've got kids, I still want to look after them. I don't want them struggling to make decisions about my money or my health if I can't. So we made a lasting power of attorney. Now, if I can't speak for myself, they'll speak for me. It's a weight off for all of us, isn't it? Yes, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> lasting power of attorney. Search your voice, your decision. Well, in the championship, it all went to form with all the top three sides all winning. Sheffield United, they remain top of the league. Two goals apiece for Katie Wilkinson and Mel Johnson. Her fourth goal in two games saw them comfortably win um, 4-0 over London Bees. Emily, it's looking like a bit of a long season for the London Bees. They've played three, lost three, conceded 10 goals. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and it is tricky because you always have that safety net almost to think, you know, it's only three games, but no one wants to start like that. And I think in such a competitive division, it is worrying for them. Um, and the thing is, it, it is still tricky because you, while there can be gaps between fixtures in this league, there are often back to back. So very, very quickly, you can fall off the pace. Um, but then I guess on the flip side, you know, you only have to look at some of the teams they've played. They are quality. They might, while I'm sure that they'd never openly admit it, they probably would have expected those games to be tricky as well. So I guess that's something that they can go away and think about that not all the games that they've played to date will be, will be that difficult. And elsewhere in the championship, Liverpool are in second just on goal difference. Another really good win for them, 4-0 over Charlton. Liv, obviously, a lot of people disappointed to see Liverpool um, go down last season, but always encouraging that, you know, they've had a really strong start, which I think it's fair to say what everyone expected. 
Yeah, it's exactly that. Um, I'm actually really happy that they've come out fighting again and they've managed to hold on to some of their great players. Um, who can I pick on, for instance? I would probably say Rachel Furness. I was really surprised Reading let her go and to Liverpool in the first place. I thought, what a hell of a signing. And do I think she's championship? No, I think she should probably be playing in the Super League. So it's really good credit for her to be sticking around and um, also scoring in the goals. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be close, isn't it? We talked about it last time with the fact that only one team is going to be promoted and it could go down to the wire. But, you know, there's not enough emphasis on the fact that in football, a win is three points. But like Emily and yourself have said, if you find yourself on the receiving end of a 5-6-7-0 loss, you're already putting yourself into danger because that could come down to the last game of the season and your goal difference is so poor, even though you're, you're on, on level points with someone just above you. And that's what's been really disappointing at the moment, and not just with the Championship, but also with the Women's Super League, is these massive gaps I think we saw when, Man uh, when Chelsea won 9-0 against Bristol. Got to cut that out. You've got to literally go in, fight in those 90 minutes. Okay, if you're expected to lose, it, it shouldn't be any more than two, three goals. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think this one could go to the wire this season. Yeah, in terms of the top of the championship, um, obviously you've got Sheffield United, you've got Liverpool, you've then got Durham on third. It's, you know, it's all coming down to goal difference at the moment. Um, I'm not sure who wants to comment on this, but it's really good that you've got a really competitive championship. And I think, like you said, Liv, it could be, this could be the case all season and that it really could go down to the wire, which as neutral, as a fan, is fantastic to see. Yeah, no, it's, it's exactly how he was saying it, you know, it's, you've got to be thinking about the three points, but you've also got to be thinking about the goals. Um, yeah, because I mean, Liverpool for their stature, do they really want to be spending another season in the championship? Probably not. So, you know, if you're looking at Sheffield, Durham and even Leicester City, I mean, we saw them against Manchester City. They also look a threat. So, you know, you've got to be clinical with your performances, clean sheets where you can. And yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting battle. Well, next up, we've got a quick roundup of all the action from the National League. Well, the two teams who finished last season top of the Northern and Southern Divisions in the FA Women's National League both lost this weekend. Crawley Wasps were beaten 1-0 at home by MK Dons, who got a second-half winner through Molly Cooper. It was only the third time Wasps have lost in their last 54 league games. And Watford, well, they're the current front runners after beating Oxford United 2-1. Molly Peters gave Oxford an early lead, but goals from Sarah Wiltshire and Helen Ward had Watford in front by half-time. There are three matches on Wednesday as Watford host Hounslow, MK Dons play Oxford and Chichester and Selsey entertain local rivals Portsmouth. On Thursday, Cardiff will take on Keensham. And on to the Northern Division now, and Sunderland, who were unbeaten last season, um, before the season was voided, of course, have now lost both of their opening matches this term. The Lady Black Cats this time were beaten 2-1 by a Hull side who only won twice last season. Katie Thompson and Florence Pegram put Hull 2-0 up, and a late Kira Ramshaw penalty proved just a consolation for Sunderland. Burnley are the only side with a 100% record in the Northern Division. They beat Sunderland in week one and followed it up with a 2-1 win over Huddersfield, courtesy of a Katie Thomas double. 
Brittany Sanderson pulled a goal back for Huddersfield, who also missed a late penalty to level it. West Brom were the big winners of the weekend as they thrashed Sheffield 5-0. Shannon Stamps, Jade Arbour and Lee Dugmore had them 3-0 up at halftime. Natalie Murray made it 4 before Arbour got her second later on. And as we mentioned on last week's pod yesterday, um, saw a bit of history happening in Welsh women's football as the Orchard Welsh Women's Premier League was televised on live television for the first time ever. Cardiff City ladies hosted current league holders. Swansea City, yeah, Swansea were far too strong for Cardiff. A 4-0 win for the Swans. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fantastic to be a part of it. I... Uh, won't mention it to live being a Cardiff fan. I'll uh, <laughs> and me being a yeah, we're gonna fall, we're gonna fall out if we keep talking about this. <laughs> Less said about it, the better. <laughs> well, guys, we'll um, quickly look ahead to next weekend and some of the fixtures. Um, the Saturday lunchtime kickoff sees an intriguing fixture in the WSL as Aston Villa host Everton. Um, Villa looking to get off the mark and. Everton, you know, obviously they've had um, a busy week. Emily, a good time for Villa to play them, do you feel? Yeah, it's a good question, actually, Sean, Ed. And I've, th- I've thought a lot about it, that I guess the beauty is they've had this break or a little bit of a break after a full-on start. But Everton, as we said earlier on, look really, really good. Um, they've got quality across their team. It'll be another tough game. But I think you know, with Villa having a bit of time to reflect on those opening performances. Yes, I think, you know, if there is a good time, this probably is. And the other big game, City phase Tottenham. Mittal, do you see Alex Morgan making her debut in, her making her long-awaited debut, I should say, in that Spurs shirt? I believe so, because um, there's a real cause of concern with Tottenham, as you said, about lacking quality in the final third, which I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, funny enough, they haven't actually scored a goal yet. Even the goal that they have scored on their opening weekend against West Ham was an own goal. So um, I think from a stat from last season that even with the games that they've played last season, um, they've scored 15 times overall. So which I hope, which I really hope, for example, that Alex Moore can fill in that void and give them that extra edge up front that can um, that can that she can able to score goals for the team and be the key difference and difference for Spurs whether they be on the middle of the table or on the top end so I think Alex Morgan will definitely be a key difference then definitely will be, will be we've heard that I think Spurs will have to build the team around with because I think she would be key in terms of um, pushing Spurs for further for success this season and elsewhere in the WSL, Arsenal are at home to Bristol City. Chelsea are away at Birmingham City. West Ham are at home to Reading. And Man United host Brighton. In the Championship, then, the standout game of next weekend is third versus second as Durham travelled to Leicester. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of talking points from that game on next week's episode. Both sides unbeaten so far, as we've heard, and any slip-ups from Liverpool at Coventry means Durham or Leicester could leapfrog them in the table. Sheffield United will also be looking to stay top as they travel to fifth place Charlton, who could also push into the top three with a win. So it's going to be a busy weekend in the championship, guys. 
Yeah, exactly. I think, I'm not sure if the Championship ever stopped. Uh, they've seemed to be having game after game after game at the moment. Um, the Women's Super League is going to be interesting, I guess, because we had the international break and the FA Cup. So it'd be interesting to see the level of intensity. It's just quickly, just it's very interesting, isn't it, how we were taught, we to pick two teams, Everton, who lost their star player last year, Chloe Kelly, and how Everton have responded to that. And then Mitchell picking out that Alex Morgan's going to be that key factor into Tottenham. And I just can't, I can't decide whether there's a right or wrong answer to whether one person is going to change that whole team. So it's going to be really exciting to see how she adapts um, in the next few months and um, how Everton carry on without their star striker that they had last season. So some really good games. Feel really sorry for Bristol already having to take on Arsenal away. Um, I expect that to be a lot, of, a lot of goals. Hopefully they don't concede as many as they have. Um, but yeah, time will tell. Um, hopefully some upsets as well. Well, that's it from us for this week's episode. My thanks to Emily, Mitchell, and Liv. Um, as, always, as always, guys, great having your company and so much to talk about. I <laughs> This pod could always go on for much longer than, uh, than we talk. Um, I remember, guys, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at TWFP1 and on Instagram at the Women's Football Podcast. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening, as always, and we'll be back next week, so we'll see you then. <laughs>